What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I'm your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is July 28th, 2022. Uh, if you're like, gee, why does the studio look different? It's because we got new microphones, and now we don't have to hold them, and we can gesture with our hands. Isn't that exciting? We can we can talk like this now. That's so great. All right, guys. Well, you know you know me. You got. I'm going to shut up for now. Okay. Guys, joining me today, uh, I haven't had someone who's on the show who's done this yet, so it's very exciting. Uh, my guest wrote a book. Please welcome Ellie Martin McKenzie. Hi. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what's the book for the listeners? The book is called Turtle A. It is a philosophical fiction book available on Amazon Kindle, mm-hmm. Saga Fiction, and Kobo. And I think Google Books or something. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess well, one thing I want to start with is like. <laughs> oh, thought, no. oh my god! I thought the table was right there. <laughs> I, I'm like starting the timer and just drop that shit. <laughs> okay. So to start it off, uh, why a whole book? Why like whole as book? opposed to short stories or doing something smaller? Is it uh, a book or a novel? What do you call it? I call it a short novel. Short um, novel. Okay. But and as to why, because I was asked to do it that way. Um, yeah, I, um, I was uh contacted by the publishers, Mm -hmm. they found some writing of mine online, and they wanted me they wanted me to write an original thing for them Mm -hmm. because they were a startup digital publishing house and they needed authors and they wanted to know if I would be interested. And this was during COVID. Mm -hmm. I had nothing better to do. So I was like, yeah, all right, why not try this? So I wrote a book. Whoa. Okay. So (laughs) I thought it would be like, you write a book and then you go to the publishers and you're like, I got a book. Who wants it? Not the reverse. I think that's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) It was a weird situation. I just sort of went with it. Nice. Okay. Did you kind of already have the idea for what you wanted to do? No. No? No, I no? have no ideas. <laughs> you just started from scratch? <laughs> Completely. They came to me and were like, we read some of your work. Would you like to publish an original thing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure, but I don't have any original things. And they were like, well, if you think of something, here's mm-hmm. like a pitch sheet. And then like two days later, I was like, all right, I got a thing. So I okay. pitched it. And they were like, yeah, all right. Whoa, that's crazy. I, have, I had no idea that's how it worked. <laughs> I don't think it normally does. I think I got lucky. So what were the writings they had found from you that were online? Fan fiction. Fan fiction? Okay, so fan that's fan. why this is the first original the work. The first original work. Okay, what kind of fan fiction are you writing? Naruto fan fiction. Naruto fan fiction? Yeah. What? <laughs> You're telling me that you can write Naruto fan fiction and then get paid to write a real thing afterward? Apparently. That's wild. Okay. So I guess rewinding then, when did you first kind of get into like writing? Um besides just regular school. When you were in school, did you find that you had like an extra affinity for it or not? I didn't I mean I wrote essays well my Mm. teachers always made comments about that but um I didn't I took one intro to fiction class I didn't really do writing was not my major or anything like that Mm -hmm. I just uh I liked acting I was was a theater major and you and most people on this podcast stop coming (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of your zip zap zap bullshit (laughs) enough theater (laughs) (laughs) I was a theater major Mm -hmm. and uh they I liked acting. I liked doing characters and stuff. Right, right. Um, I didn't 
think I had any particular like affinity for writing or anything. I just sort of started doing it because I was angry about some stuff in Naruto. And I was like, you know what? I could do this better. <laughs> and I rewrote things. So your whole writing journey literally starts with Naruto fan fiction. Quite you weren't like yes. writing other stuff. You just jumped right into fan fiction. Straight up. Yeah. Okay, well, we got 90 minutes, so I'm gonna, I want to dissect this a little bit. <laughs> All right, so bear in mind, I have only seen the first arc of Naruto. I have not watched Shippuden. Was it, was it a fan fiction in that, or was it later? Okay, so the first one, we're going to go into all the fan fiction like, terms and tropes. And do stuff. it, do it. The first one is an, the first one, the one that the publishers found, is um, a detective fan fiction taking like the characters of Naruto removing them from their situation and making them detectives yeah yeah yeah. and that's called an AU an alternate universe right right okay that was the one they found that one was like a romance crime drama okay um then so I'm writing too so there was that one and then there is one that is starting at beginning of Naruto and just going until I guess I can't do it anymore I get the to the end of the to the end of Naruto, but you it's just a rewrite. It's Naruto? a rewrite with a different version of one of the characters that Which I character felt is different? Sakura. Okay, I really like that character, but I think she's well written and terribly written at the same time. And I got very fed up with the parts of her that were terribly written. So I was yeah. like, let me just let me just try. I guess for the listeners who haven't seen it, Sakura is like fam- famously like the helpless. The trash character. Yeah. Famously. She, she like fucks things up and gets in the middle of shit and like. She doesn't even. She just doesn't get in the way. She doesn't do anything <laughs> for, for a while. And then she starts to do things. But the things she does are heal. And people don't give that any credence right. when you're in a fighting a- anime. So, right. you know. Okay, that's fair. That's kind of cool. I mean, if you were like, I was going to like. If you had just picked some side character, <laughs> I would have been like, what? But it makes sense to, to like it's, rewrite that. You know, the main, yeah. So it changes the dynamic a bit. So, okay. How old were you when you started your f- first fan fiction? For your first Naruto fan fiction? Is this in college or? No. I think I graduated college by that point. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I, okay. Uh, I used to be on Tumblr back in like 2013, 2014, okay. like around college, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I discovered the fan fiction people. And I wasn't a reader, but I was like, oh my God, this is like really horny middle school, <laughs> high school stuff. Oh no, we we run a wide variety of ages and all yeah. sorts of uh, p- horny purity levels. Like if it gets, <laughs> you got some wholesome things and then you've got some like the the weirdest right, horn right, right. you could possibly yeah. find. Yeah. <laughs> um, Move this a little closer. Okay. There you go. Cool. Yeah, so... Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, how many? So, you, did you just write the two big fan fictions, or like you just? So you you that have, was it. That was that was the writing that's I was it? doing. That was literally it. They found the detective one, I think, and really liked it. Or one of the one of the. So it's a startup. Saga Fiction is a startup digital publishing house. Okay. Um. I, they started, I think, in the summer of twenty twenty one. Um. And one of the the one of the founders, I guess, they're both the two founders are like avid fan fiction readers, and we're oh. like, there's some actual quality writing here. Mm. So they were kind of scouting for authors for their platform from all sorts of locations, but fan fiction being one of them, right, right. And I guess one of them had stumbled across my fan fiction at some point, 
really liked it and was like, this was, wow. let's, let's, let's talk to this person. And I got <laughs> this like message on the fan fiction platform yeah, yeah. and I was like, is this real? And so there was a lot of back and forth where I was just trying to determine if I was being like hit up by bots and then, right, right. <laughs> and I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, no, this is a legitimate bit of business. They're like, yeah, yeah. And, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I could write for you. <laughs> Why not? That's oh different. Gosh. Okay. I was like, yeah, this is a 90 minute podcast. And you're like, I wrote two things. Now I got a book. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is the shortest origin story I've ever, I've ever done on this show. Um, okay. So like your, your, your rewrite fan fiction, how long were you working on that? I'm still working on you're it. You're still working on it? I'm still working on both of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So they're not like completed works. No. They're like episodic or? Yeah. Like, they're, they're like chapter, you know, chapter what, by chapter. What chapters are you up to? How far are you? Uh, one of them is on. The the rewrite one is on chapter twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on chapter twenty nine, and the detective one is on chapter seventeen, I think. Okay. And I'm working on chapter eighteen. How long does it take you to do one of these chapters? Depends on how much other things I have going on. Right. Like how right, many right. other things I have to do? Um, Are you publishing like ten chapters a year, or? Um. I think for one of them, I had a kind for the for the rewrite fic. I've had a fairly consistent like one chapter a month sort of okay. posting, you know, speed rate. Mm-hmm. Although I I'm behind by one because I didn't post one last month. I don't think, but um, the the detective one that's like maybe gets like a chapter or two a year. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm really bad about updating that one. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit more involved. I'm curious about this too. Your re- your rewrite one. How much have you deviated from the original story? Very little. Very so little. I, I'm part of my like. This was a little bit spite motivated. Okay. Um, I felt like the author just could have done a little bit more with Sakura, and that right, was right. it. And I was like, you could tell your story. You could tell the same exact story and just have given her a little bit more weight and a little bit more to do and just put her on equal footing with Naruto and Sasuke. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to show that it can be done. So that was that fic. That is what that fic is. It's just like touch-ups. It's like same story like points. Very much. But just tweaks. It's hitting all the main plot points with Mm. just tweaks in the way Sakura responds to things and the way people respond to Sakura as a result. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) A whole rewrite and you're like just a little bit different. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) It's a little bit why that one gets published a bit faster is because I'm like, I've got like the manga next to me. And I'm right, like, all right, right, I'm just retyping this part, but then this is going to be a bit different. Like, Whoa. Okay. How many volumes of the manga go into one chapter of yours? Is it just one to one? So far, it's been uh, one chapter is one arc, so they're really long chapters, mm. but uh, arcs in the Naruto, like that can be a few volumes. That can right. be like one. And okay. Then, so it's kind of... Or, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So how did you, like, when you're writing this, like, fan fiction, okay, so I guess in general, I'm impressed by people who can l- write long pieces of, like, fiction or nonfiction, whatever, and maintain the same tone. How has your writing improved over the course of the rewrite? Or are you just, like, is it kind of, like, same? Like, do you just kind of, like, are you just kind of honed in on what you, your your voice is? I think I'm pretty honed in on it because, I mean, for the most part, a lot of the rewrite is just 
with the rewrite, it's I'm taking the same language from the, from the book. So for a lot mm. of it, it's keeping the tone with what's in the manga. Gotcha. Um, and then the changes are Sakura's character, and I think so far I've been fairly consistent about the way her she's mm-hmm. changed in response to things and and keeping the characters kind of, the, like one of the running reviews that I get is that like everyone is so in character mm-hmm. like you're not blowing anyone out of character except for obviously Sakura wow that's pretty impressive how do you like ha- one thing too also that I'm wondering about is like converting from like manga anime to just text yeah describing action and stuff is that challenging or is that easy it is the most daunting like whenever i get to a heavy action chapter segment i always Mm. get so like i don't want to do it (laughs) like it's so annoying (laughs) i um i uh yeah it's because then you have to find a way to just describe yeah so he punches him in the face but like make that sound interesting or like yeah you know, or like put something in there so it's actually adding to the story instead right, of right. cause that works visually, but then translating it to words is hard. That's a hard yeah. part. I guess that that's like an interesting thing I was thinking about. Like I'm like, how was okay, the Rock Lee versus Gara fight? Exhausting to write or like very straightforward? That one that was exhausting to write. And it was also <laughs> because those two chapters I wasn't like the the tuning exam for this is so mm. nerdy. I can't believe I'm diving into this. The tuning exam preliminary like arc, that whole right. fighting sequence was exhausting. And also I wasn't great at the time. This is probably where it's changed the most about mm. filtering out side characters, like thoughts or like whatever. Right. Because I was trying to track with the source material and they do a lot of cutaways to like how the spectators are responding. Right. And I was doing that for everyone, but it really doesn't matter for everyone because the story is about Sakura, right. Naruto, and Sasuke. So those are the only viewpoints that really matter or mm. unless it's other people's perspectives on them. So with right, the right. Garo Rock Lee fight, that was really annoying to have to go back and forth because I hadn't mastered yet filtering out the other spectators. And, right. Um, wow. Yeah, no, that entire exam arc was like, Because <laughs> isn't that also the one where uh, Gara and Naruto fight in the trees and they have the episode that's like his entire life story in yeah. the middle of the fight? Yeah. I, so, okay, so I boiled that one way down. Yeah, I, like, yeah. What I kind of finally caught on to, I guess there was a change in the tone of writing. What I kind of finally caught on to was that if it's not directly because in this Sakura is the main character, mm-hmm. if it's not relevant to her, right. it does not need to be hyper fixated. Like, right. if I am going to go into it, I have to go into it through how she is empathizing, not right, through right. how everyone else is seeing yeah, it or yeah, just yeah. the story. <laughs> if you like, want the rest of the story, you go watch the real thing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, you could. You can read them side by side. Mm-hmm. You'll get the whatever you're missing in mind. Yeah. So another thing with like fan fiction, are you a big reader of fan fiction or you just write? Uh, I read a good amount of it. Um, I primarily at this point just write. I, okay. My time for reading has significantly yeah, decreased. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, were, what were like some big ones you were reading? Like, like were you reading prior to you writing your own? Yeah, I sort of, I kind of discovered fan fiction because of my annoyance with 
how Sakura was written and whatever. Right. And I was like, all right, what are the alternatives? And mm. then I discovered there was a whole wealth of them. And yeah. so I, uh, I kind of, I read a bunch of uh, fan fiction. I don't, um, I mean, there's some big name ones that are, that I'm blanking on mm-hmm. genuinely, but um, primarily the fan fiction I read was Sakura. Yeah, so you're, yeah, was, you're like, Naruto. you're pretty, staying in the Naruto universe. Yeah, I, there was nothing else that significantly pushed me into like media wise where I was like I had plenty of other media that infuriated me and I was like this was badly written yeah but nothing so much so that I was like I want to I need to fix this like this is insane this is like the most ridiculous thing ever <laughs> like more more power to you but like I'm like what like how do you even okay all right I'm gonna I'm gonna try to expand and see if I can like draw this out and get some good data points here. So going from writing fan fiction to now writing a proper short novel. Yes. What what were your big challenges with generating a fresh story? Um I so the the biggest challenge was right when they asked me and having right. no ideas and then having to sort of pull something out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um and at the time again media sort of saved my ass. <laughs> um, mm. There was a show called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, okay. which is on BBC America. It's a amazing show. It's based on a book by Douglas Adams, just Hitchhiker's Guide mm-hmm. to the Galaxy. Um, and they sort of have these characters who, uh, Dirk, the title character, Dirk Gently is a holistic detective, which means he doesn't bother with like clues or anything like that. He sort of trips and falls on something. And if he does, that's the clue to solve the case that he's in. Gotcha. And the cases are like outlandish and off the wall and mm-hmm. Douglas Adams absurd. Um so I was watching that. I love that show. I think it's very, very funny, very well written, very interesting. Um I was watching that. I was having an identity crisis and I was, um, and I had, and then digging way back, I had an acting class called Lucid Body where you like track, you know, chakra centers throughout the body and like physically do a character with them. And I had sort of this idea of like, all right, what if these two kind of opposing exploded like chakra points met each other? Like okay. how those two would converse. So all of that kind of convalesced into Turtle A, which has a lot of those like holistic themes in it. It's got like the girl, the, the summary is like the girl is um one of the main characters who doesn't have a name. She has no identity mm-hmm. or no concept of herself. And she's very tied to the universe and setting events in motion for it. Mm-hmm. And then the and she you know gets called or follows the universe to Maze City, Illinois, where she meets Nico, who is a angry, very self-centered, self-possessed, grounded mm-hmm. male stripper, and he he's infuriated with her from like the get-go, and it's just throughout the course of the book how they talk and interact and how they sort of grow from each other and balance each other out mm. as they do that and 
that all of that sort of came into like, all right, I've got this like lucid body acting framework. I've got uh, Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Mm. So all of that right, sort of right. pulled and I was like, all right, here's a, here's a thing. Okay. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. So how was it writing your own characters versus having source material? It was fun. It was really fun because um, with the source material, I feel like a need to really try and keep the tone or the voice of those characters mm -hmm. and keep it consistent. Um, and with my characters, I'm the one who knows their voice and I get to make it. Okay. Like, I get to sit those two down in a coffee shop and have them like have to hash it out with each other. And I know what that sounds like and no one else does. And mm. that's very fun. Um, and it's also a little bit like watching a movie like in my head because it's like watching it sequentially happen and watching these two characters sort of meet and interact. And that was really, really fun for me because mm -hmm. that was all, they just existed one day. And that's right. sort of like, crazy <laughs> so when you were planning this like like book out did you have like a storyboarding process or like what was your like yeah. well i guess let's start with the beginning what was your like outlining process for this right so in the pitch uh they had like a little sh document that i had to send them mm -hmm. where i laid out main characters side characters kind of important backstory notes for who those characters were and then like plot summary and I don't I think maybe I went more in depth than I needed to but I essentially did like a step by step like major plot point right. outline and then I was like in my head I was like all right so each chapter is going to be a plot point and that's how I'm going to figure out how many chapters are in this so there's 15 plot points so it's a 15 chapter thing mm. and then they were like in genre and I was like I have no idea feel free to fill in <laughs> um mm. And I sent that off to them. And so, and then I pretty much just stuck to that outline okay. that I did. And I fleshed out those points. Okay. <laughs> um, so is that kind of like a similar thing to what you do in your like fan fictional writing? I don't, I guess a little bit like with the, with the detective mm -hmm. one, because that is a bit more original right. than the, the fix it fic. I am, um, mm. I, I did really have like plot points that I was like tracking right, out right. with um, or, or things that I initially I was just like going and then I was like, all right, wait, stop. There's too many details in this. I need to actually like make a thing for myself mm -hmm. so I know where I'm going. And like, so I know what I've said and don't like right, lose right, track because right. <laughs> they're solving a case. And if I mix things up, then that's mm. that that's a wrap. Like there's yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah. it. Um, but so I did that. Uh, so for that one, there's an outline for the the other one it's it's whatever's happening then the mm, in right 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 in right. Naruto That's yeah <laughs> okay so when you're when you said you have these characters in your head are you did you like organize them or lay them out or did like before you like wrote anything did you lay out the characters or you just like go here's the plot points I'm gonna figure it out on the way before I wrote anything so I had the characters first before I had the plot for okay sure. uh before I wrote anything I had this one snippet of dialogue. And I was like, all right. And I sort of had to build outward from there. So the snippet of dialogue is the girl trying to explain how the universe works. And she keeps mixing up metaphors as she's like trying to explain it to mm -hmm. this guy. And he calls her on it. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, I had this, like this chunk of dialogue in my head. And I was like, all right. 
who is this person calling this other person out on right and and what like who formulates their thoughts in this kind of erratic jumbled way Mm -hmm. and so working backwards from that snippet i got sort of to the all right this is the girl Mm. this is her you know the important things about her and then once I had the important things about like the way she functioned and like worked, it was like, all right, and why is she like this? And then I was like, all right, fill in backstory. And then I had, you know, Nico and worked backwards from him of like, mm-hmm. you know, here's this, all right, angry guy who would say this or call this kind of person on this and filling in his backstory. So why is he so angry? Why, like, why is he so, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I had them, and then I was like, all right, and now I have these two, and what do I do with them? And then I had a plot. Mm, okay, gotcha. Plot. The plot's very, it's a very character-driven book. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I guess, <laughs> I will also say, if you're like, man, I hate writing action, you're going to go more character-driven <laughs> dialogue. Driving that character. Yeah. <laughs> Hard, yeah. So did you find writing dialogue to be more rewarding than describing it's, things? It's, like, easier. It's so much easier for yeah. me. It's like, I can I can run. I can generate conversations in mm. my head. Um, And I attribute that to acting. Right, right, right. Because, you know... Like when you when you're acting, you talk, you like know when things don't come out right. Like when yeah. you're speaking, you're like, that's <laughs> not something a person says. So it's yeah. like, all right, no, I, I can I can get that part. And then it's like, all right, but like where are they? And then I have to describe it like diner and I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Did you um is it based is it a real place that the book take, takes no, place it in? Is not. It's not. It is okay. a fictional city. Um, of Mays City, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to read. I read. Uh, I'm I'm 50 pages in, so okay. I'm like a third of the way through. All right, so I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but there's kind of a running theme in the city of uh, corn. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of corn things in the yeah, city yeah. and like the way it's structured and the names of like the places and whatever. Um. And a lot of that came into my mind because I was thinking about Parks and Rec and mm. and Pawnee, Indiana, and just yeah, how yeah. they sort of have they're they're so proud of their like local whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And the number one agricultural export in Illinois that I looked up was like maize or corn or whatever. And I was like, all right, maize city, and they're gonna be way too proud about corn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Have you have you ever been to a corn place? No. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, well, I mean, I grew up in like a pseudo rural small town. Um, okay. It was it was suburban, Where? but there's Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, okay. That it was suburban, sense. but oh, tracking, tracking with what yeah. you can tell about <laughs> me. Um, it was suburban, but there's like four different farms and like a cranberry bog right, in right, it. Right, so right. I was like, all right. Um, and it's not like. It's not like a corn town, you know, but it's um, (laughs) it's got there's a lot of like pride for the four farms that are like, those are sort of like, oh, yeah, what do you want to do? You want to go to Ward's Berry Farm or Crescent Ridge Dairy Farm? (laughs) Like those are the two places. I know like when I first moved to New York City, I'm from Denver, right? So I've I've road tripped all over this (laughs) corn filled nation. Trust me. (laughs) 
And uh, when I first got to New York City, a lot of my co like I was excited to learn like New York City facts and stuff yeah. and whatnot. All my coworkers were from New Jersey, so like you gotta try the tomatoes. I'm like, what is this? Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna love the corn. I'm like, there's corn in New Jersey. Jersey? Like, yeah, you wouldn't think, but there is. I thought I left corn behind. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just whatever you can grow, they're into. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like also. <laughs> I'm like, what place has corn, but also has male strippers? Maze <laughs> <laughs> City. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a, uh, the, 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 the club name is Hanging Chads, mm -hmm. and I was very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is like a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it opens with like a strip show, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long did it take you to put this together? Uh, I wrote it in five months. Five I, months. I had a breakdown of like three chapters a month that I was doing. Okay. Um, what were you just going in chronological order? For that? Yeah, I I have a lot of issues writing outside of chronological order, and right, even right, if right. like I have a scene in my head that like comes way later, I like can't do it. Like I mm. need to have it like connect. Um, and it's kind of a problem a little bit because I'm like, oh, if I get blocked on something, that's it. I'm like hard stopped. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> like that's all that's happening until I unblock myself. Mm -hmm. And whereas like I know other writers who are like, all right, I can't do this part, but I'm just going to go write this next bit. And I'm like, no, right. I couldn't do the next bit. Like I have to I have to get this part. Done. Gotcha. OK. Yeah. When you were doing this five months of writing, did you have a routine? Or do you plan <laughs> yeah. your schedule or you're just winging it? No, I would uh, I would go downstairs. I would sit on my parents' couch. And then I would open my computer and I would stare at a page. And then I would maybe have an idea and I would start writing. Mm -hmm. And then I would put on something like his background noise, um, like on the TV. Um, and then I... <laughs> I would get stuck at a certain point or like lose focus. I would sit there for a while and then I would switch to my fanfic and like do like three sentences on there and then switch back and be like, all right, now I can focus on this again. Interesting. So you would like write both at the same yes. time? <laughs> yeah, okay. that would be like switching screens. Yeah. Do you find that you're, you're like, I, I'm, there might be some to like your fan fiction having like a clear direction that you're familiar with that helps you get in the mode? Yeah, it's, it's sort of that. And it's also like I get, it just helps me to be like, all right, I can't focus on this anymore, so I just need to give myself a break from it. Right, right, right. But I don't want to break that I'm writing because mm. I'm the kind of person that like, all right, I'll take a break, but then I just won't go back to something. So okay. I'm like, all right, no, I need to keep in this mode, but I just can't be doing this. So right, right. Switching to fan fiction. So what, so like typically you're outside of the stress of writing this book, what, what is your writing like? Do you just like sit down whenever? Is it a relaxing thing for you? Or are you like structured with it? Like, um, I mean, the book is really the first kind of venture into, but I guess with, um, fan fiction, it's like a fairly relaxing thing. Like I'll open it up. I'll be like, no, I want to do this today or I want to get done with this. Mm. Um, I, I, Occasionally, I'd be like, it's been too long since I posted a chapter. I really should get writing on this. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then with the with the actual writing, the formalized writing that's going to get published, I'm like, okay, no, I need to sit down and do this because mm -hmm. someone is paying me to do this. And right. I signed a contract and I yeah. will be legally binded to <laughs> give mm -hmm. this to them by a certain point. So, so how was, were there a certain other like logistical things you had to adjust to in writing for a contract like a contract like in this type of situation like were there things that surprised you about the business of this um i mean 
more just like I didn't ever have to negotiate a contract before. Okay. And it was a really good thing I was home for COVID because they sent me this contract and I was like, all right, I mean, I guess I was like looking it over. It's all this mm. like legalese that I'm like, my brain short circuited like two right. points in. And my dad was sitting there with me and being like, all right, so this is what this means. We're going to send this to like a, f- a lawyer family friend and see what they say. We're going to try and like renegotiate. Right, stuff. right. And so that was a whole process. Mm. Um, and it, you know, it benefited me in the end. It worked. It was a good deal out of it. Um, or a better deal out of it. And so there was that part that mm-hmm. was like, oh, God. Like, I didn't want to just let someone else do that. I don't want to think right. about that. I just want to do the thing where I'm being creative and, like, writing a thing. Right. Um, Honestly, we did the same thing for the studio. We had we 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 do people's podcasts here, as you saw when you were coming yeah. in. And we <laughs> oh, have, that was someone else's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't on it. I would, okay. No, it'd be so rude of me to invite you over while I'm on a podcast. No, I was I was just engineering and I was making sure that the levels are good and everything sounds gotcha. good and all that. Okay. Uh, but we have people sign a contract and I came up with the contract and I had like, I wrote out basically everything we needed to say. And then me and my uh, part business partner Connor we ended up like separating it and then adding like so much legalese into it and I'm like I get why this is necessary but I kind of hate to see it it's, it's horrible <laughs> you hate to see it it's horrible um it's like this won't hold up in court if we don't use big words yeah for real that's what it feels like um yeah so and of course those are like the big words that I don't know and like can't right, process right. like I just see them and my brain just goes nope and so mm-hmm. it was it was very good that my dad was there with me yeah and like that we had lawyer family friends that would be like all right mm. I would recommend this like, yeah I was like okay cool did you so I'm get are you planning to write other things after this? Actually, yes. Okay. I am uh they commissioned me for another book. Nice. So I'm in the middle of that one. Which figuring I, out an idea or you, no, I'm already okay, into yeah. it. I'm on like chapter eight of that one. Nice. Um and so I've got that and then I just started doing this all for the same people, all for the mm, saga right, fiction. Right, right. But um it's I, not because they like the first book. It's because they like the fan fiction. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually really nice to hear because I, I had a publishing meeting this morning. Yeah. And I mean, time difference is made for very inconvenient meeting times for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. But like, it's 7.30 a.m. I, I had a meeting. Oh and um, <laughs> and um, it was really nice because the the editor, I, I was, I'm a little bit blocked on right. writing right now. And so the editor was like, I read over everything and I really, really love it so far. Like, and, and you just sent us this like short story thing for this anthology series that you were talking about. And like, I love all of those. And I, I think it's safe to say, like, I love all your writing. And I was like, thank you so much. That nice. is so good to hear. But uh, and also in the back of my head, I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to hand you something you're going to hate one day. I just know <laughs> it. <laughs> so what, so did you learn any lessons from the first book that you're now applying to the second one? Um, I kind of learned what, Rather than, like, what didn't work for me, I learned a lot of, like, what did. Okay. So, uh, giving myself chapter deadlines, um, Mm. because one of the options was, like, yeah, you can say, I will give you a full book in, like, a year. (laughs) And I was, like... I'm not going to do that because I know myself. And that means I will have to write a full book in two weeks before I have to hand it to you. So, uh, what I did was... Uh, for for Turtle A, it was I owe you three chapters a month. Right. Um, for the one I'm doing now, it's I owe you a chapter a month. 
Um, okay. And because I, I think it makes sense, though, because like a monthly deadline is a tangible goal. Yeah. Versus a yearly deadline. Which like, is just I'll like, start in eight months. Yeah. And then and then <clears throat> you're writing an entire book in two weeks. Yeah. Right. right, right. Um, so the the monthly deadline was a good way for me to do it and it's also like all right and i'll hand everything in on the first one i have to pay rent so i'm getting everything i don't want to do done in one setting <laughs> like, right right get it all out <laughs> of the way. um and so that really works for me mm. um i learned like it helps me to have background noise on like if it's quiet i right. actually like start to short circuit in okay. my writing um, what, uh, what's the best background noise for you I usually put in a t uh, put on a TV show I've either seen a hundred times or like don't care to pay mm -hmm. attention to. What are your go tos? Do you have any right now? Uh, for a while, it was Supernatural because oh, I've okay, rewatched yeah. it like eighty million times. <laughs> um, my then, girlfriend's really into Supernatural. <laughs> you're probably tired yeah. of it. At this I, point. Well, we like I used to watch it when I was in like middle school because yeah. it'd be on TV. I'd be going to sleep and just be on. on yeah, and then. Uh, in the Tumblr days. That's when I discovered <laughs> that people were psycho about, about it. it. Oh, like, no, oh they're God. like intense. Um, really intense. And But lately, like one of my fall asleep shows is Seinfeld because I've seen it a billion right. times. But lately, my girlfriend's been like, can we watch Supernatural? I'm like, dude, I'm down. Okay, I've never, yeah, I right. haven't seen this one, so. Why not? <laughs> but yeah. she picked one in the middle. It was like, season seven, episode one. <laughs> and the pre, the, 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 the recap before yeah. the episode, I was like, this is insane. They, it gets bonkers. They're talking it's about angels. The they're talking about werewolves. They're talking yeah. about like the the vampire king. Like, I'm like it's off the wall. I yeah. I kind of forget what happened, but it's just like, all right, I don't need to pay close attention to this. Right, right. So supernatural for a while. Then it was Avatar: The Last Airbender for mm -hmm. a while. Um, then it was uh, then I would just put on like a podcast. Um, Whoa. For a bit, and then it was um. That's okay. That's interesting because. I find when I write, I can't, it's hard for me to, to process like language twice at once. Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm at work, like I work remotely, if I'm writing emails, I have to pause my podcasts because I can, I just can't, it like yeah. crosses the wires. But if I like, I'm just doing a spreadsheet where I'm doing numbers, just filling stuff out. I can listen to other things all day. Right. I, it does a little bit sometimes if I'm, paying too close attention but mm -hmm. again it's one of those things where it's like all right i've listened to this episode of this podcast like four times so i don't Whoa. need to pay close attention you're a podcast re-listener too i i'm an everything re everything like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like i will i will listen to the same song on repeat i'll like, get hyper fixated on something so mm -hmm. i'll listen to the same song on repeat until i can't anymore yeah, yeah yeah and then i don't listen to it ever and i'll still think of it as like yeah that's one of my favorite songs but i also just never play it um wow because i played it like one thousand yeah. times yeah. <laughs> it's straight like in a row um i'll i'll listen to like a pod like the same podcast episodes over mm -hmm. and over like a podcast over and over if i'm really into it and then at a certain point it's just background noise mm -hmm. um i'll put on the same tv show you know just to like go to sleep or to not pay attention yeah i get like i get like podcasts for me like i'm a i'm like a weekly listener yeah. and i'll like catch up and then i won't ever Touch go it. back yeah. i won't ever go back and like redo it like re-watching tv movies fine but like big series <laughs> like that i'll allow <laughs> like big series of like stuff is like too much for me <laughs> well with like, the big series stuff it's also like i probably lost interest at a certain point so right. it's like all right i know i'm not gonna get re-interested suddenly so it's right, like all right. right i can put this on and not care mm -hmm. which is part of it do you ever eat when you write you just 
Do you do the beverage? What's, um, what's your like perfect writing experience? <laughs> it's like a couch with like a feasible back. Um, mm-hmm. And then TV playing like something I've seen 80,000 times that yeah. I do not care to pay attention to. Tea that I probably will forget about like, right, right. five minutes in. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's nice to have food there, but I find with me, if I have food, I'll just focus on eating the food yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I won't write the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll take like a food break, but then I'm like, I can't write and eat at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, if I'm really in the zone, I'll forget to eat. Like I'll just go all day. And right, not, right. Like whatever. Or like there, when I was at home writing Turtle A, there was times where I was like very in the zone and my mom would be like, we're eating dinner now. And I'd be like, go ahead. I have to like get through this. Like I'm, in I'm in a thought. Like Right, right. Yeah. So how much how how long are you writing at one time when you like sit down to do it? Do you like say like I'm gonna write for two hours? Or are you like doing just I'll just go the whole long? day. I'll go the whole day. I'll probably take breaks or like stop at some point and just like zone out. But wow. like I'll be there in front of my computer the whole day, mm-hmm. essentially. Um did your process improve like from the fan fiction to writing no, it's pretty. It's pretty. Same. Tracking pretty similar. Same, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, nothing if not consistent. Um, Is there anything you've learned about yourself from writing this book and now writing your second one? Um. Yeah, I think a lot of Turtle A was like me self self soothing, sort of. Okay. And then a lot of the one I'm doing now is me venting. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's really funny because you know I I mentioned acting and like I love acting and. I didn't really, yeah, everyone loves to like, oh, yeah, if this ever got made into a movie, I didn't write a part for myself in mm-hmm. in Turtle A. There's no, there's no character I could be right, cast right. as. I was reading it and I was like, who's the self-insert? And I don't think there, there is isn't one, one, so that's good. They're, they're all a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. all of them are different facets of me, but there's mm-hmm. no clear self-insert here. Right, right. With the one I'm writing now, I'm like, oh, there's there's at least two options that you could put me as, and they both work very well. And one of them is the main character. <laughs> and I mean, again, it's not like a total self-insert right, thing, right. but it's just with the one I'm writing now, it's very much the, um, she talks the way I do. Like, okay. And she thinks in the way I do, which is uh, to give the real short synopsis of that one. It's a girl who has cartoonishly bad luck, which is contagious to those in close physical proximity. So she and she's Mm. had this since birth. It's just like a thing she's had to go about life with. Um, Okay. And um, and so she can't really like form real friendships like in person. Her her friends all come from like an online gaming thing. But, you know, but because she's constantly on the receiving end of just cartoonish bad luck, there's a level that she's hit at the start of the story where it's just resigned exasperation. Right, right, right. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how I feel like daily. <laughs> there's because whenever I'm whenever I have anything happening that is not great or it's like not a great situation. Half of me is like, this is a bad situation. I don't like that this is happening. Right. And the other half of my mind is like, this is going to be so funny later. Like, <laughs> give it five hours. This is going to be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Believe constantly me. going in my mind while anything's happening. You're telling a comedian this. Like, 
there are even good things. Any any type of new experience in my life, I go into it like, oh man, I hope I can write a joke about this. Yeah, like, <laughs> like oh no, this is gonna be a story. Like you just feel it in your yeah, bones. You're like, yeah, like, this is a story. It's like bits. It's just like, oh, if this bad thing happens to me, I got bits lined up. If the good outcome happens, I know what I can say about this. Yeah, like, like <laughs> so, so it's constantly like going in the back of my head while I'm going through like anything. So. Which I think is a talent, but also it's just created this sort of like perpetually like, yeah, this may as well happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Whatever anything mm-hmm. goes wrong, goes right. I'm like, yeah, this may as well be what's happening right now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this character has that like very right, much. Right. And then there's another character in the book who is her best friend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is just me talking with myself. Like, right, right. <laughs> Do you have like is I'm guessing it's similar genre, just kind of like a modern fiction? Or? Um, I would say that one's a the one I'm doing now is a little bit more blatantly comical. I mean, Turtle yeah, yeah. has got funny-ish moments. I mm. hope you're a comedian. Um, <laughs> you could tell me. I don't know. It's it's got there's humor in it, but mm-hmm. it's overall um uh the, uh what it's on Amazon, what it's like categorized as is magical realism, and what okay. the publishers ca- uh, categorize it as is uh, philosophical fiction. Okay. The one I'm writing now is a bit more like sort of a superhero origin story, but not quite. <laughs> I, I never know what genre the thing right, I'm writing right. is because it's it's so like. I don't like to do anything that I'm like, I've seen already because okay. I've seen it already. Right, so right. this is sort of like, I don't quite know what things, fa- it doesn't cleanly fall into anything. Mm-hmm. Like my issue with Turtle A, there was a long, long period of time where like we didn't know what the genre was. Right, right. And they were, they were even like, talk. The, the publishers were doing like a launch thing at some point. And they were even talking about how like, yeah, in this book that I'm excited to like come up as Turtle A and we don't, know what genre that is quite yet and and ellie doesn't know what genre that is quite mm-hmm. yet and and it was like a long time before we're like okay i think this counts as this because right. i would be like it's not sci-fi but that's kind of got like the holistic thing yeah, it's yeah. not it, there's funny stuff in it but you couldn't call this comedy and it's not right. like you know there was just so many things where it's like it's not a rom-com it's not this it's not this so what is it you know it it reminds me of like a like a like like a fifteen minute like artsy short film in a way I don't know that was kind of the vibe I got I was like if they shot this whole thing in black and white I it's <laughs> tracking yeah because yeah. <laughs> it's truly like it like from what I don't know if someone dies or something explodes at the end of the book okay I don't know where it goes but. Like in the first third, at least, it's like very, it is very conversational and kind yeah. of just like you're kind of weaving these two people together yeah. a lot. So, well, that pretty much continues. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it keeps in the same, it's a consistent book, I would say. And when does uh, Kakashi Sensei come in? <laughs> <laughs> when do we have the fan fiction crossover? Crossover. Episode? Oh, yeah. that'd be so weird. I'd, <laughs> I wouldn't even know how. Like, um, is there any are you are you a big reader outside of fan fiction? This feels like something I shouldn't say as a person who wrote a book, but Go for no. It. No. Um, okay. I I used to be a bigger reader when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general I'm very slow at reading. It's always been something that's a little bit difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um 
my mom used to read to me for like a very long time. And so I, I consumed a lot of books that way, but I didn't, I wasn't the one to pick them up and like read them. Right. right. Um, and I, I did in high school a bit and then I kind of stopped when I got to college because college takes the fun out of everything. Right, right, right. And it's, I mean, it's not like I did my school readings either, but like, <laughs> but like I just didn't like, you know, at a certain mm. point I was like, I can't do this. And also throughout, I just got too busy. Like right. I was, uh, the thing I did in theater was stage managing. Okay. Um, and that, is a horrible job that no one should ever have to do. Uh, okay. If you had come on this show and been like, I want to talk about being a stage manager, I would have a billion questions. Okay, <laughs> but... we could do that too. No, hit me up. I've got... So... Okay. I talked to someone who like writes plays. Mm -hmm. I talked to someone who does sound design. I've done that as well, yeah. Okay. And then... So stage managing, stage I'm imagining managing. everyone's in funny costumes and the stage manager is yelling about what set needs to be in place and who needs to be on stage. Not Am entirely, close, not far? entirely wrong. Um, I have no theater background. <laughs> no, that's not fully inaccurate. Um, that at a certain point does happen. But also, um, they have to deal with the director. Mm -hmm. And so they are the stage manager is like the center point of information that the director gives them that they have to distill to the actors and the um, creative team. OK, the, the rest of the designers. Right, right. And they have to be at every rehearsal mm. and they have to be tracking all of the actors blocking because, God forbid, the actors do it themselves. Right, right. Like they should. <laughs> um, and they have what to is blocking. Blocking is like the way the actors move with each other. So, okay. so when someone like crosses the stage, that's blocking. Um, mm. Oh, that's just walking. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also walking, but that but, is like the way they're supposed okay, to. Okay, I'm just gonna um, call it blocking because they want to make sure that people aren't in front of people. Is that? that it? It's, it's not so, a bad. Yeah, that's a good know. way to put it. Um, the best parts of the show is when I know nothing. And I get to <laughs> ask like, the dumbest questions and see how they go. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, that could be it. I don't know why it's called that. But... So, were you stage managing as like a job? Or yes. okay, wow. So, I started stage managing in high school. It was a mistake. I did it because at the time I wanted to be involved in the theater. I mm. did the play, but then I wasn't sure I wanted the time commitment of the musical. So I was like, I'll stage manage instead. Mm -hmm. And then I was there every day yep. <laughs> doing loads of bullshit. <laughs> um, and it was like, you're photocopying scripts to give out to everyone and whatever. It's, it's all of the grunt work, essentially. Okay. And all of the logistics. Uh, I mean, in high school, I didn't have to like schedule people right. but, until later. But um, college, that was part of my job was scheduling, right. like stage managing is scheduling the actors for rehearsals and who's available when and all of their conflicts. But they're college actors. So they all have conflicts that they right. don't tell you about and right. that they just keep adding to. Mm -hmm. And oh boy. <laughs> Did you do that, that out of job? college as well? Yes. Okay. So what are real adults like compared to college students? Um, not much better. Not much better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> minimally better. Um, I mean, look, as far as like the actors go as people, uh, for the majority of the time I worked with actors, I actually really enjoyed working right, with them. Right. They were lovely. The directors, hit or miss, uh, some mm. of them were really lovely to work with and excellent. And even if they weren't, the like idea was really cool and others, it was just a nightmare. Right, um, right. And a lot of 
stage manager anxiety comes from the director, <laughs> like to right, be right. fully what, but like, um, yeah, the it was a horrible, horrible job. I hated every minute mm -hmm. of it. There were there were moments where I was like, oh, okay, right, this is why I do this, or like when a show comes together, you're like, no, okay, this was rewarding. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between rewarding and like enjoyable. <laughs> right. Um, and now you're enjoying write, writing and getting the rewarding as well. Yeah. There's a bit more. So part of the issue with stage management was it's not creative. Right. Um, right. You're just kind of someone else has done everything and you're just you're the logistics the manager. Right. And yeah. it's not fun. Yeah. And it's even more frustrating when you want to be doing the creative thing like acting or I mean, I don't want to direct, but like you want to be doing that yeah. sort of more creative aspect or being involved with that, but that's not your place. And right, the director right. sometimes is very open to your suggestions, but a lot of times they'll put you in your place. Like, <laughs> and I think they should run with their arms behind their back and their head really low. I think it'll look great. <laughs> That'll be, it'll sell the show. Um, everyone will buy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of like, okay, I have to sit here and shut up and only tell people when they get their lines wrong or, you know, mark what everyone's doing. And because in college productions especially, there are like 20 people in the cast and everyone's right. moving at once. And I'm like, all right, you're going here and you're going here. And it's like a frantic, like, mm -hmm. who was doing that just now? Yeah. Um, okay, that, that makes sense. I, so, like, I'm an engineer. At my day job. I'm sorry, quitters, that you had to hear that. I hope you didn't hear that. These mics are pretty nice about sound. Uh, <laughs> but I'm an engineer at my day job, right? And I found that when I started actually working after college as an engineer, I was like not having like any creative outlet, even though I was like designing stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is not scratching that itch for me. Yeah. And now I feel like I do too much open-ended creative stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, I just want to learn things that have rules and then I can just do Apply and perform. Apply the creativity yeah. part. Yeah. Like, I'm like all creative so much of the time that like, I'm just like, man, I just want to play a board game. <laughs> I want to play a nice chunky board game. I just want rules. <laughs> yeah, I just want like to design like a mechanism where I score points at the end of it and then I go, ooh, ooh. I win, you know? <laughs> uh, I hear video games are great for that. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's a reality as well. So, did you think your time stage managing, do you think any of any of what you did uh, reflected in your writing? Or do you think it helped you with any organizational logistical stuff? Did it flow together at all? I mean, I think time management skills, for sure. Mm. I And also just being able to, or being exposed to so many different types of people, different types of characters. Mm -hmm. um, so, there, there's that. Yeah. Um, cause I worked with a lot of different types right. and, and also hearing how different voices deliver dialogue. So okay. all of that. Tell me about that one. <laughs> that one's cool. Different voices delivering, delivering dialogue. dialogue. Okay. Unpack that a little bit. Um, I mean, so I, I've worked, I've done tons of shows. Mm -hmm. I've heard, I've had bad scripts and good scripts and I've heard actors have to wrestle with both bad scripts and good scripts and right. hearing how they have to fight through a line or how easily it comes to them. Mm -hmm. And also getting like a bunch of picking up on different like rhythms and speech patterns and cadences. Um, so actually, uh, I just wrote like a short story recently and it was, um, there's, there's like, you know, 
bullshit ghost hunters involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a very specific rhythm, and it was actually partially I had Sasha's voice in mind <laughs> as I was Dude, writing it. Sasha's cadence, bro. Yeah, no, no, like, like, <laughs> not, nah, bro. That there's you got like a fucked up Z in there. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Dude, I Sasha when I when he first started stand up broke my brain with his cadence. He's like, oh my god. So so like I had Sasha, like Sasha's voice in my yeah, head yeah. while I was writing that. I was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Like I, oh uh, yeah, buddy boy, <laughs> shaking point. But like, but like, yeah. So one of them has this very like right kind of the, the rhythm between these two characters is very much like. Sasha and then one of my other my roommate's partner um mm. which is how I met Sasha um Devin this this is a web of people okay so you're <laughs> okay so Sasha former guest on too many episodes of this podcast okay <laughs> once again I'm sorry that he was here for the last one um but okay so you you know Devin and Devin, Devin is knows Sasha. Sasha okay and I met Sasha that way nice um, okay and, it and was no like, character based on Devin Curious. No, so no, so it was Devin. <laughs> so like in my head, it's Devin and Sasha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, I wrote it, and I started laughing because I was like, "This sounds like Sasha." And I showed it to Devin because he was mm. over at the time, and he was he read it over. He was like, "Yeah, this is me and Sasha talking." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I leaned into it. And I was like, "All right, now fully, these characters are Devin and Sasha." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's interesting. Like ba- basing characters off real life attributes of people. It wasn't even intentional. It was mm. really just the cadence and the rhythm like yeah. i and and the one the the story i'm writing now she talks like me she's got my rhythm mm-hmm. and like you, if you heard me just now ranting yeah, about yeah. stage management that is very much how gotcha. this character talks do and, you feel like you is, is that something that's lacking from turtle a like that kind of cadence oh no, or do you there, think it's, it's there? there okay it's uh so the the girl's cadence is i mean it's not a person i know Right, right. In person, but it's it's very much like Luna Lovegood's sort of cadence in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, it's that a vibe, actress. for sure. Um, it's like, like a floaty voice and like kind of like, oh, well, far away, you know. Yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, da. Um, so she got that sort of thing going. And then Nico is a little bit like, honestly, he sounds a little bit like my mom at her angriest. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, like if you, if you, like my mom and brother shouting oh is what Nico is. It, he, like, his his voice, it reminds me of, like, Tony Soprano. I'm just gonna be, <laughs> the fuck is this? The fuck are you? How'd you know this? You know? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of, Nico is very, like, my mom kind of has that cadence of, like, what the fuck? Like, this yeah, presentational yeah. sort of, like, are you kidding me? And that's, mm-hmm. that's Nico. Um, but, again, it's, there's no connect, like, my mom is not remotely right, anything right, right. any part of Nico other than maybe the rhythm that she speaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. That's cool. So are are there other aspects of the story that you're drawing from real life kind of inspirations like environments or people around you or like cuz this seems very like honed in on like character. Yeah, it's very honed in on character. I mean, I had a for the for hanging chads, I looked up a place um there was a there was a male strip club my friend went to um mm-hmm. and so i was kind of mining them for details about that just okay. so i could like have 
what this was in mind. Oh, yeah, and, that was another thing. I was like, did she go? Did you? T- I was like, did she talk to a male stripper to get the deets on this? Or I, like, I read a lot of interviews. You read interviews. I read okay. a lot of interviews, and I watched Magic Mike, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and both. I watched both Magic Mikes, read a lot of interviews, and then kind of mined my roommate for information from when they went mm. and was like, all right, what did the club look like? So I was kind of like, all right, tell me your experience as like a person who went and then also tell me what the environment was. Mm-hmm. And then I read a lot of accounts of um, perspectives from male strippers and like what their experience yeah. was with things. And I was like, all right, I think what I can distill from this is that no one likes bachelorette parties. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, rewinding though, why a male stripper in the story? Like, wh- <laughs> um, So the whole thing with Nico is that he's very grounded. So he's the opposite of the girl. He's okay. very floaty and like not connected. Right. And so I was trying to think of like, all right, what is... What what does a grounded person do for, for work? Like, what is mm. the opposite of this person who is just floating around with no sort of anchor? And... I kind of hyper fixated on dance and very physical activities. So Nico is a Muay Thai teacher. He's a professional dancer. He's got a dance crew and then he's a stripper. Mm -hmm. Um, And with those, I mean, it's partially just I love dance. And so so that's in there because I love it. Gotcha. But it's also in there because I was like, all right, everything he does is physical. It's all grounded in his body. He's very connected to himself, Mm -hmm. very aware of the way he is in space and his presence and movements in space. And so it's it's sort of that like philosophical standpoint of like when you're dancing, you are very aware of where you are, who you are, how you're moving. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're in, in the present moment as that. Wouldn't know. That anxiety is always too much for me. (laughs) Um, Well, that's why I love dancing is because it's the only time my brain shuts off. Because normally it's just always going, going, going. But um, I can't do it. I hate dancing. (laughs) I think like I've danced a handful of times in public and it's like, like I danced to my mom's wedding. I was so drunk and it was like a good time, you know, and I gave a really good speech. So I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't give a shit. I've already impressed. But like I had a friend in college get mad. She was like, like, we, I don't like taking you to like bars. Like you just, you don't dance. You just stand there and drink in the corner. I'm like, yeah, why are you taking me to the dance Dance floor bar? Like my vibe is like, I like a nice quiet dive bar or brewery. We can have a conversation. If I have to get up and move my body. No, no, no. No, I get that. (laughs) I fully get that. I mean, I, I personally love it. Um, yeah, yeah. So not to disparage. Not no, no. I mean, I fully understand that because I also have those moments where I'm yeah, like, yeah. nope, we are just gonna sit and chat, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that is gonna be the night. Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't even like. I will. I don't like drinking very much. I won't mm. get drunk to dance. I'll just go dance. Like right, right. Um, which is I'm impressed by everybody. <laughs> Anyone who any, the, the line in uh what is it Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when he's like there are those who dance and those who don't and those are the only type of people in the universe. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. This makes sense. Yeah. My girlfriend and I don't, don't dance. dance. Don't dance. Um, <laughs> love dancing. Uh so so Nico's kind of in that very right, right. grounded physical aware of himself mm-hmm. space and then the girl has no sense of self. Right. So. so kind of along those lines backing that up. 
So you mentioned that like when you're dancing, this is something you enjoy doing. You don't think about anything other than being in the present. So you don't like, because I find when when people do like, like I'm going to say uh, menial tasks. I'm going to say this lightly <laughs> though, but like when you're doing tasks that don't often involve like your like full attention, you can just kind of physically do something over yeah. and over. That's when people like tend to generate ideas. Do you, do you like, do you, do you or do you dance regularly like decompress and just not think about things? Yeah. Or? So I've, I, I've had less time to dance recently, yeah. which has been a bit of a bummer for me, but especially like through college, what it would be is like, I would like close the door to my room. I would put on music and I would just like go. Whoa. And it would be what it is, is for me, I'll just let the music like I'll like tune into the music and then mm. that's the only thing I'm just reacting to that. Mm. Um, and, and I'm dancing, I'm moving to that and I'm reacting to that. And it's because I'm so just letting that dictate what I'm doing. Everything else just shuts up for okay. a minute. And normally everything else is very, very loud. So, okay. so I was gonna say, so what's the opposite? When are you generating ideas when you're not fit, like actually writing, writing? What, uh, <laughs> or are you just like sitting down and it's just like they coming hit. to you? Like it's like I I have I like carry around a notebook and like my right. notes app and mm-hmm. I'm just like jotting things down all the mm-hmm. time. Um but a lot of times it's like my mind's going and going and going and then it's it'll be like a random snippet of dialogue just appears. Right, like right. like wild dialogue approaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. So who the fuck says this? And then I have to go build backwards and then it's a mm. whole thing. And then I'm like, now I have a character and now I have a story and now I have to do something. Yeah, with it. yeah. And it's like never shuts up. It's kind of it's kind of that comedy is honestly kind of similar. Like I just <laughs> I, I'll just be doing stuff. And like if I'm riding my bike around, I'll just like have an idea. And sometimes I'll have to stop and just like put it in my phone. Yeah. Like the other day I came up with one. I like <laughs> so Tuesday I had like a birthday comedy show. Right. And I was doing extra time at the end of the hey, show. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. This is coming out a full week later. You still have time to Venmo me. Uh, <laughs> you still have time to subscribe to the YouTube channel, okay? But we do this birthday show, right? And I like I had to do something before the show. And so I was kind of in a hurry. And the A train made me wait like 12 minutes. And then it got there. Ooh, and it was MTA. like <laughs> it was like concert packed, you know? Yeah. It was like insanely packed. I'm stressing out. I finally transfer to the J. I get on the J, get where I'm going. And I look down and I I see the pants I've chosen for the birthday show where I've hired a photographer. I'm going to get video and all this have like a stain like near the crotch, no. like like not super dark, but like yeah. enough from like, oh, my God, I can't not notice it. And I just thought to myself, same clown, different nose. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I got to write that down. I don't that's, know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, it's just like those moments of like you just think of the thing. And you're like, now I have to write a whole premise around this. this you yeah. Know? So I got mugged by like a Whoa. line of dialogue. Like that's literally like oh. it invaded my brain. Not, and, okay. Not no, literally. I did not literally. I'm get like, you're mugged. getting mugged and you're like, this would be great for my next story. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like I got like this line of dialogue just like pounded itself into my brain. And I was like, who the fuck says that? And it's a. Uh, I think I must have been a serial killer in a past life. And I was like, all right, hold, full stop. Like, I have to, yeah. like, I have to dissect this now. <laughs> and then there's this whole, like, who says this? Why do they say it? Why? Right. And, and that's where I got my girl with cartoonishly bad, contagious bad luck. Mm, um, okay. 
I like that. Yeah, it's just a sporadic thing. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just hit one day, and I was like, whoa, okay. Let's, so you, let's talk about that for a minute. What do you do for writer's block? What do you, how do you handle it? I panic. <laughs> okay, we, you mentioned the fan, like, write some fan fiction to kind of start yeah. the session earlier. Do you ever have, like, serious writer's yeah, block? Yeah, no, you, like, so really got recently, work? actually, the, the I, I'm going to be late on my chapter a month deadline because, um... I hit a point where I realized I did not plot out the full details that I needed to have to keep going. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a, in the thing I'm doing now, there's like a lawyer lawsuit involved and I did not have the details of this case worked out. And there's like a lot of research that I was like, all right, like scrambling to mm. do and like, all right, but, but like, why? Like, the primary antagonist is a like about like everything now from here on out is going right. to be about this case. So even if I was the kind of person who could be like, all right, shelve this, we're just going to write this next section. I mm -hmm. couldn't write the next section without having this worked out, right? And I just didn't have that. So um, you're you're like working out like world building details. Yeah, like I was like fundamentally important to the story that I was just like, nope, nope, we're chugging, <laughs> chugging along. We're we're good. We're good. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you just like get to one sentence and you're like, oh, yeah, no, no literally, like, I like and chapter eight and oh fuck, this is where this happens. Oh, I did not have this worked out. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that writer's block is purely based on information and like. Planning. information planning and then there's times where it's just like all right this is daunting like i don't want to mm -hmm. like with the with the action sequences or stuff like that right, where right, i'm right. like <sighs> like there's a section in the book i was writing where it's like a the the character's going on a bad date mm -hmm. um like a bad online date and I had so many ideas for but just when it came time to put it on paper i was like this is exhausting to write like right like, I am so vividly imagining it that I feel like I'm on the date and I'm so upset with this character. <laughs> like, I I am emotionally exhausted, <laughs> right, like, right. just trying to write through this. Um, and so those kind of moments are like, oh, I don't I don't want to do it. Like, I, I'll, I'll be sitting in front of the computer being like, I don't want to write this anymore. And I'm still writing. Like, <laughs> I get that. I get that. I know how it is. There's, <laughs> there's all sorts of shit like that. I, for me, my personal, I never want to do this. Is when every week when I make the the clip for this podcast, <laughs> when I have to go back, watch a piece of an episode, find something funny that's but like a minute or less worth clipping, and then I have to put subtitles on it. Oh God, you have to subtitle it. Yeah, oh, that's so rough. I do all this myself, and like it, it's one of those things. It earnestly, if I just sit and do it. It takes me 20 minutes, but just the, the process of listening, putting subtitles, seeing how many words fit on the screen. It's okay. Like, re-listening. Oh, why? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's torture. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it. painful. <laughs> and so there are, there are like certain moments or scenes. I don't think I had any with turtle a that mm -hmm. were particularly, no, I didn't have any with turtle a that were like particularly, I can't do this right, like, right. kind of moments. No, I'm fucking lying. There was one. There was like, you haven't gotten there yet. But there's a point where the girl is trying to understand herself more. Mm. And it was just like, going through how she's going about that was such a like, it was it was cool and like fascinating. And at the same time, it was so arduous just to yeah. like put down on paper. Mm. Um, so so there was that. But, but I've had it more with the one I'm doing now because I'm like, 
I think partially because that character is so not fully self-insert, but so close to me. Okay, just yeah. In like my like mindset and stuff mm. that I'm like, uh, like because I feel like I'm going through a lot right, of the stuff right. with her, and I'm like, this is so. This is exhausting. Yeah, you're just like really connected to it. I'm like, I feel bad for her because I'm like, she's so tired all the time. <laughs> I get it. Like, me too. Me too. Me too, buddy. <laughs> I feel you. Do you have any, what, what kind of scenes are like the best to write for you? Between Honestly, your fan fiction and everything, what's the best? I I get just, I have so much fun with dialogue. Like just, just dialogue, when it's two yeah. characters just passing the puck back and forth. Mm. Like banter is so much fun to write. Yeah. Um. Like it was, it was so enjoy. A lot of the like things I'll have before I have anything else are just two characters talking. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, as far as uh, fan fiction stuff goes, I'm like, specifically with the rewrite, I'm like, there are certain things that I'm like, ooh, what if this like happened with Sakura? Yeah. And it's like, all right, that's always fun when I finally get to that point where I'm like, yeah. all right, finally I have my moment. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Where that's because that's like original, like headcanon stuff, you know? Mm. But like, um, as far as like my original stuff goes, it's it's dialogue is always dialogue character interactions always the most fun for me. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one. I, I feel like dialogue's hard. I I took improv one oh one and I had fun and it was uh I met some amazing people that are my still my friends two years later. But uh I can't do characters because everyone is just me. I love mean. improv. I love <laughs> improv. I love improv so much. It, it if I have one word of advice for any writer, it's if you're a writer, take an improv class. Like I think it That's helps fair. so so much. Um I also think the I think the big lesson from improv is just how to apply the yes and, and rule. Oh my god. It's yeah. like the I, I don't know if you ever saw this video, but the creators of South Park have a video about how they write their episodes. Mm -hmm. They don't say, okay, since this happened, that means this happened. They say, okay, this happened, and then what else happened? Yeah. Because that, like, you, like, they have this, like, escalation. It's of like, like, yeah, it's how are you the yes build on and. that? Like, like yeah. even when I write my jokes, like, I'll come up with something quick and easy. I'm like, that's funny. But then it's like, oh, but that's, like, just a quick joke, one punchline. It's like, what does the audience get after that? So, like, what is next? That's true. It's always the building. The next and, thing, what is it? And then you, you know? get your rule of threes. And then yeah. You, yeah. Um, no, I love improv. And specifically, character building in improv is always really fun for me. Um, there's an improv game I love that I play with myself on the street all the time <laughs> called If This Is True, What Else Is True? Okay. Um, and it's a character building exercise. And mm -hmm. it's like you start with the true fact about yourself. And then that's like really innocuous. Like I have red hair. If this is true, what else is true? Mm -hmm. I dyed it. If this is true, what else is true? It was blonde, but I was very tired of dumb blonde jokes. If this is true, what else is true? I'm also goth. Like, you know, you just yeah, keep like yeah. building on okay. it. And like, and that was not the best one I've ever like as assembled. But like, it's a good example though. But like, or like picking people out on the street and just being like, oh yeah, no, they totally hate everything. They Like, they totally just broke up with their boyfriend or like, you know, yeah. just like, <laughs> but they were like happy about it. Like mm -hmm. having like just this whole, like I'm going to build this in whole internal narrative framework for a person I'm not going to remember Whoa. the second they leave my vision. Okay. Like, <laughs> You're very in touch with character then, like dialogue, all that. Like yeah. I said, couldn't do it. Improv could not do characters. <laughs> it's all me. It's all me, baby. Anytime I've ever written something, <laughs> any short story I've ever written, it's all me. It's you. <laughs> it's just a hundred percent can't do it, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, so that's a, cool. it's a way to do it too, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of like self-insert authors, you know? That's a thing. Oof. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to like pitch you on writing. It's just like the uh, okay. This is a supernatural thing I noticed. Okay, mm-hmm. so in Supernatural, later in the seasons, there's like some blonde girl who's like a teenager who's like a like a demon hunter as well that they're like kind of friends with. Yeah, I forgot her name, but she, we watched this episode. And as soon as she came on screen, I was like. This is the self-insert character they wrote for the fans. For so the fans, the, yeah. So the fans can feel fan like service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm like, for me, when I do photography and stuff, a lot of photographers, I noticed they're like, oh, I love like capturing these like moments between people, these like beautiful, intimate moments. And I'm fully like, people ruin photos. I like, I take pictures of like gross scenery. shit on the street, yeah. scenery. I, yeah. I'm a big, I'll take pictures of scenery. I love, I, I love like just recreationally taking pictures. I like candids, but like mm-hmm. in the sense of like, like I like looking at things and being like, this feels like it would be a still in a movie. Mm. Like that's the kind of picture I like taking. I don't like posed photos. I feel yeah. so awkward when I'm in posed photos and I, <laughs> they're not my, like I'll take photos from my friends and be like, you look great. Like obviously, because yeah. they're my friends, but like I will not voluntarily photograph a person, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I take. I'm like I like ha- when people actually take photos of me. I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is nice. My girlfriend <laughs> made a birthday post for me, and all the photos she chose, I was like, these are not photos I would choose. These are all just like <laughs> candids that make me look just like your bumbling boyfriend. <laughs> oh, that is kind of sweet that you don't it's see endearing, me. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a disconnect here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are not seeing the same photo when we look at this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's cool though. I, like the. What was the what would you call the game? If this is true, if this is what, true, what else is true? Wow! So you you just do that regularly when you're out and about? Yeah, I'll just okay. do it in my head. <laughs> that's fine. I think that's like a great exercise. Do you like? Do you think of like other characters that don't exist there? Like, how do they interact with them? Like, do you have do you write dialogue in your head? So sometimes if I've ended at like a character, I'm like, oh yeah, that's like a fully realized character, and then mm-hmm. I'll be like. All right, and then who are their friends? You know, or yeah. like who are they talking with? Or you know, like what are they maxing out on? You know, that's sort of yeah, like yeah, all right, yeah. let's let's just go run with it. But mm-hmm. like normally, I'm like, all right, no, this was a fun exercise, and we're done. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? Are you? Yeah. Okay, you said maxing um, out. I was like, she doesn't mean steroids. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother's uh loves Dungeons and Dragons, and he's actually um, he's a he does a po- he 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 records. He's an audio producer. He does music. He does a podcast as well, mm-hmm. which I'm on for Monster of the Week, which is another one of those sort of same type of games. Oh, I nice! Recorded one like last night. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> so you're on like a D and D podcast. So I'm on a D and D podcast. Okay, yeah. So I was gonna say like it like all that you have told me. <laughs> You feel like general, a person who would be like, general Naruto vibe. I was like, you seem like you would vibe with role playing games as well. That so, in other words, what you're hearing about me is that you are super nerdy. It's okay. Listen, I I I watch tons of Gundam. All right, I have the models. All right, I do tabletop wargaming. I'm, right, like, I'm a big nerd as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. We're, we're- we're not so different you and i yeah one time i was at a comedy show and there was a dude there alone and he was wearing a kilt and i do i just knew i was like i was on stage like dude what's your favorite board game and he was like wingspan i was like dude i know who i'm looking at (laughs) you know i could tell only nerds wear kilts in this country all right i got the vibe right (laughs) um yeah no so i don't it's not like my inclination to play i often find it a little bit too long or i just don't have the time it's like very kind of energy consuming mm-hmm. but 
it is very fun as far as like character creation. And that's one of the things like my, my brother keeps tapping me in for is he's just like, you make really fun characters. Like your yeah, characters yeah. are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was your last character you made? So the one I'm doing for mm-hmm. this podcast, her name is uh, Ramona. She is paranoid. Um, the The whole like premise is that there's like monsters and they're, it's kind of like supernatural. You're like okay. essentially monster hunters. Um, and she're encrypteds and whatever. And she has believed staunchly in them her whole life, but has obviously been called like crazy and whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's a TA for folklore that mm-hmm. like she went hard into this. She's like, no, I'm going to be a cryptozoologist. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's very paranoid. She, she does a lot of like investigating mm-hmm. without you know, knowing a lot about cryptids and mythology and not really knowing or caring about the danger that it's going to necessarily put her in. And so she's just very, um, she, she very, uh, she, she's a, she's a weird one. She, she doesn't trust, um, like anyone. She's always like a little bit like, all right, but like how, like, like the government's coming to get her sort of type Mm -hmm. person only takes like picture on, um, Polaroid yeah, yeah, has like a shed that she lives in that's got like the full like conspiracy board red wow. string plot out you know <laughs> all of the pictures are blurry um, like that sort Damn. of that's like vibe. do you show up to like session one with like a whole backstory written um, or are you just like you kind of make it up as you go find like session one for that one I was very much making it up as I go yeah, yeah. Uh, for the other my brother tried to do like a family D D game and mm. for that character it was like all right i've got a whole backstory for this nice. <laughs> <laughs> she's too crazy to not have a backstory for yeah her. <laughs> no that's great that's like that's like honestly i think i have a one of my friends just really into fiction and like writing and stuff and when he started his D D game it was like he really ran with it yeah. it was like he like he like dungeon mastered for basically like five years like wow. straight every saturday wow. I was like, you have like such a committed group. Yeah, you can no, just that's go dedication. And go and go wow, and just make stories up and just go forever. I'm like, that's dedication. I don't, I don't have the energy. But nope. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, so so she's investigative mm-hmm. and a little bit st- stupid about everything that isn't her niche. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's her. That's cool. That I think that's like a really cool skill to be able to come up with fun characters and backstories. So. Props to you. Who Thanks. who are your favorite uh, characters in media that you like have drawn inspiration from, or you think they have a really like sound and well written background? Like, or I think um, so. I, I'm gonna just redrop things I've already dropped, but we've already established that I do this. So Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective okay. Agency. I think that show is brilliantly written. I think the characters are like perfect um they're so funny and quirky and the second you meet them you're like yeah Mm. like yeah i i this is you yes um i think uh starting with season two but parks and rec those characters season two yeah ignoring season one starting with season two parks and rec those characters are very um Mm -hmm. i think well Oh yeah. Well, like they just yeah. They like integrate that that world felt so real. Yeah, and they exactly. felt so real. Like it felt like when you watch that show, you're like, oh yeah, friends, you know. <laughs> like yeah. those are these are my friends. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um Avatar The Last Airbender, I mm. think has some of just the best writing in media, in like television, mm-hmm. especially for a cartoon recently, yeah. like in the recent 
history, I guess, of that medium. Um, specifically, they're, I think, the only show, or the only, yeah, the only show I've seen really do redemption well. Mm. Like a redemption arc. That, yeah, yeah, true. Because every, everyone loves Zuko. And mm-hmm. there's a reason. It's because they did his redemption perfect. Like, mm-hmm. plot point perfectly. He, yeah, yeah. He, that is good writing. Um, Hell yeah, those are great, great uh, <laughs> choices and stories. Yeah. I love that. Well, we're kind of we're kind of wrapping up here, cool. actually. Yeah. But for the listeners, this is kind of like my big final question I ask All everybody right. is, what do you love about writing? Um, I love sitting with characters that's the that's a really fun thing for me and I love just the creative energy that kind of goes into it um I as someone who always like wanted or loved the creative outlet but somehow managed to put themselves in the one spot in a creative element where I would not get the creative outlet right right like writing has been really good for that it's just just putting out ideas it's 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 a good way to like kind of just when because my head's too crowded Mm -hmm. so (laughs) there it's too loud there's too many things going on in there there's too many characters so it feels really good to just be like all right now someone else is gonna see the chaos i live with daily (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get why i'm so like off the wall (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's awesome hell yes this has been wonderful Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Now is your chance to say all the words you want to whoever is listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ellie Martin McKenzie. I published a book not that long ago. It's called Turtle A. Uh, check it out on Amazon Kindle, Saga Fiction, Kobo, anywhere. Uh, Google it. You'll find it. Um, rate it. Leave a review if you liked it. It's helpful. Um, algorithms and stuff. Um, <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Oh, yeah, right. Social media. You don't have to. You don't have to say if you. Don't oh want, no, but. it's fine. I should. Um, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at em underscore McKinsey. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'll put it in the episode description. Cool. Uh, guys, go buy the book. Go read it. Um, introspect about characters and <laughs> and learning to know yourself. Uh, this is one. This is wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, just please. I know, I know, I say it all the time, but you gotta. I know you're not, and you subscribe, and the deal is you subscribe, and you don't actually have to watch these every week. You can just subscribe for me because you like me and this show, okay? <laughs> and listen on Spotify because it's there too. Hell yeah, follow it on Spotify as well, and then listen to every episode twice, okay? <laughs> until you can just go in the background while you write exactly make it background noise I want you to know all these characters inside and out All right, (laughs) guys thank you so much for listening this has been another episode don't quit your day don't quit your day job I can talk I know the title of my own show thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for listening and watching and I will talk to you all next week Bye. bye